Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. This week I'm out stomping with a musician and social media sensation, Ellie Dixon. Ellie is an incredibly talented musician. She writes and produces her own alt-pop music, which, might I add, is extremely catchy and feel-good. Not only does Ellie make music, she also makes viral, music-based content too, which has led her to amass a following of over 1.2 million people, quite a few. Her most popular videos see her performing incredible harmonies or rewriting famous song verses. Ellie has been coined as a true next generation artist by industry peers, and so I can't wait to dive into her life and career. Guys, I'm so excited to announce my new book, The Mind Manual. This book is exactly what it says on the tin. I have put years and years of work into this, making sure that it is everything it needs to be and more. It is the book for everyone. It is the book for anyone, regardless of where you are on the mental health spectrum. It's to improve your mental health, it's to protect your mental health and to make sure you get the most out of your life. I am so proud of what I've written. I've put it together using all my experience and knowledge, using all the evidence that's out there and bringing together practical, real world advice and tips to make sure that you can get the best out of your life. So please do make sure you go and pre-order the book now. I know it's going to help people. I feel very proud. I put everything I can into it and I've made sure it's the book that it needs to be. Pre-order now. Hello everyone, welcome to the Stompcast. Welcome back, I hope you're all well. We're gonna get on a good old walk today. We're on a, we described it the other day on a stomp that it was a, out of a 10 day. I think it was a six out of 10 day because it's a little bit gray, but I think this is a 6.5 day. Yeah. It's a bit more optimistic. It's a bit windy, but it feels fresh and nice. It's good to be out. How are you? I'm great. Thanks I'm for joining just, me on the Stompcast. I love the fresh air. You love the fresh air? Do you I love don't... the Stompcast as well? Yes, I do actually. Well, you're, now, you're, you're here and I'm very grateful for your, for your time. We're, we're here in Regent's Park, aren't we? Yeah. Oh. I've been here a few times on the stomp, Stompcast. And it's really, I always love coming here, actually. It's such a, it's not such a nice park, isn't it? It's got a lot in it. That's what mm. I like about it. Like mm. You walk sort of 10 minutes and then you're somewhere completely different. What's, like the, what's the reason that, um, like, why here? Why is it here that we chose? So back when I used to live in West London, mm. this was quite equidistant from a lot of my friends. I see. So this park was where I'd meet all my friends. And so I really heavily associate it with, like, summer 2021 oh, yeah. nice. and so in my head it's sunny right now <laughs> yeah I kind of get you because for me that kind of park would be god I'm gonna get stick for this but Clapham Common would probably be my wow, version of like that because all my uh, I guess like we if it's a sunny day we're like yes go to the common and just be part of the kind of <laughs> down the cliche common. crew yeah the common but that that kind of often you have a space where you go with your friends and stuff you have good yeah. memories of that don't you yeah I've played rounders with a shoe here I've done with a shoe, yes. Yeah. That is that is next level rounders. Yeah, That's well, quite, did anyone actually hit the ball? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. It's okay. rounders hard mode. Wasn't a stiletto though, was it? it was no, at least that, a firm would, shoe. that would. Be, yeah, no, a, a nice like trainer. 
I see, I see, I see. You, you should have played it with your tail, your lizard's tail. Oh I'll say I was very disappointed <laughs> that you didn't come. If, uh, if people are following already on the Instagram, they'll see that you seem to, you enjoy dressing up as a, as a lizard or a crocodile. Yes. Quite often. Yep. So I was really hopeful you'd be here today. Imagine the photo we could have had with you kind of coming out of the water. <laughs> just soaking just, wet. Just like, that would have been the clip for the, that would have been the promo for this episode. You just kind of tackling me maybe from the water. <laughs> You know me what? I will. I can run home. I will go get this lizard suit and I will tackle you. It's probably you to the actually ground. worth it. I reckon that reel would get a few <laughs> likes. That one, being pulled into the lake. Yeah. Uh, Harry can rescue me by the other end and drag yeah. me back out. Now, now that's a headline. It's nice to have a, a space that you kind of go and with your mates and enjoy. And I actually think that um, places like that become quite nostalgic over time, don't they? Like imagine, yeah. like in 20, 30 years, you'll remember like oh the good old days when we used to play around in the park. Yeah, with that shoe. Yeah. <laughs> So where are you from originally? Tell me about your kind of background, I guess. Is London mm. home for you? Where are you from? No, um, originally I'm from sort of Cambridgeshire area. Mm. Um, I lived just in various villages, grew mm. up around there. And then I moved to London two years ago now, mm -hmm. maybe three, I can't count. Um, but yeah, about two years, um, I moved to London to do music. Yeah. Um, I went after living at home, I went to study math actually mm. in Warwick mm -hmm. um, University. Warwick is a beautiful campus, isn't it? Warwick yes. is lovely, yeah. I went, I went because it was, so, I mean, apart from the course being great, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, the trees, big at Warwick. it was big, big trees, oh. loads of wildlife on the campus, which yeah. I find like unusual for a uni campus. Just squirrels think, and geese for days. I think days. that can be tough for some, if you're very city-based campuses, actually Plymouth, to be honest, where I was, at first was very city-based. You didn't have as much greenery. It does actually really affect. I mean, a lot of people are in campuses that are genuine, like kind of, I guess, more traditional style ones. You, you yeah. kind of have that nature and places to relax and chill. It makes a huge difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'd go a bit bonkers without some kind of green space near me, especially growing up in kind of rural villages. Yeah. Yeah, I need I need some sort of tree somewhere to yeah. look at that yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of revives me. Yeah, 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 <laughs> indeed, indeed. Actually, funny enough, when I was, I was driving over here, I was listening to uh, your music, which is probably pretty apt considering I was coming to speak to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to chat a little bit about how you got into what you're doing right now, because I believe you describe yourself as, as an alt-pop. What does alt-pop yes. mean? So alternative popular yeah. music. Alternative popular music, Not yeah. like control, alt and delete on the, uh, no. on the keyboard. It's slightly <laughs> different to that, yeah. Well, actually, I got misquoted in Hello Magazine as, mm. as old-pop. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, said, it was quite cool. It though. said wobbly old-pop. Oh, lovely. <laughs> it just, it was uh, unfortunate. <laughs> so what does alternative pop mean? Um, so it's, it's basically just pop but mm -hmm. it, taking a few more risks kind of it for me alt pops my alt pop is sitting in a more kind of wobbly space is how I like mm -hmm. to describe it so I make everything in my bedroom so it doesn't sound commercial yeah. in the same way like it wouldn't be played in a club kind of yeah, pop yeah it's more is that like part of like i need to make sure this doesn't end up getting played in the club and therefore i haven't hit my criteria career over yeah. <laughs> no it. no i love going, club turn music. that off you're going around all the clubs in the country saying turn that bloody music off i'm trying it's to really, too loud. i'm trying to be alternative for god's sake yeah how dare you no i'd, I'd love to hear a club remix of my <laughs> stuff that would be so fun so so essentially is it you're trying to because i i think Okay, so my, I love pretty much all music. I, genu I genuinely do pretty much enjoy mm. all music. I don't really like heavy, heavy metal, but I kind of like 
I guess in the old days, I used to enjoy like uh, Guns N' Roses and like grungy stuff like Nirvana and whatever. Yeah. But I don't like the kind of heavy, heavy stuff. Probably the heaviest I could go, which is very much on the edge, is Metallica. In fact, I saw them in Glastonbury a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, amazing. They were pretty amazing. I think they're just incredible. That's but brilliant. I really do struggle with overly commercial style music. And yeah. there's a few, um, few artists I really love and I kind of slightly pains me that they're kind of like oh you really are leaning into very commercial kind of almost made to sell rather than made for yeah. music I think that's the thing that puts puts me off music and because I think things can sound commercial but can still have a heart yeah and I think you can really feel from a song when it's come from the person from from an honest place or mm. when a song's come from somewhere that's yeah, thinking about it as a product or, or the person mm. had no hand in it at all and it was like 10 mm. writers in a room like, come on, what do the kids want to hear? You know? Yeah, I guess it's like thinking about what do they want as an end point and trying to create for that rather than create from what you enjoy or what you feel yeah. at that time. Yeah, I, I think I've always naturally been drawn to artists that have a big hand in the production mm. and in sort of the whole Mm. holistic picture of their music mm. because I just you can just tell when it's someone's passion mm. and when it's mm. their project and when it's coming from them. The odd thing is that I feel that um, what you define as almost commercialised music changes doesn't it and something yes. actually can end up in that space yeah. that you might find that your very alternative pop will become very commercial because they yeah. move in your... They're like, oh, uh, yeah. she sold we're out. Moved into that, we're going to move into that space. Yeah. So uh, how do you, how do you think, like, you know, you're in. You're doing incredibly well. You're signed with Decca. You're you know, all of the subsidiaries of that fear of Universal. I guess mm, the way to say yes. it. Amazing record label to be signed with. How do you kind of stay true to that? Do you think in the long run? Because again, there are plenty of artists. I would never say names because I think I would be disrespectful. And they've been amazing. But there's a lot of people, perhaps, who for whatever reason, maybe it's the people around you saying, "Oh gosh, we can really quiz in if we do this or that or the mm. other." How do you? stay true to maybe what you enjoy doing now how do you stay as the lizard the lizard and not end up <laughs> as a, a bunny or whatever they want you yeah. to be well i eat 10 flies a day <laughs> Ten, yeah. keep up your fly catching skills <laughs> yeah. absolutely um i think it is a massive challenge because like back in the day before i was signed i'd never have to talk about how to market a song because i just kind of put it on spotify and pray <laughs> but it's part of reaching people and for me i think there's a couple of things i'm really lucky with decca because they are still letting me do everything as i did pre-signing and they don't they're not trying to change anything i'm doing and i think that's kept me in exactly the same headspace mm. so i'm still producing all the new music in my bedroom and so my life is still normal mm. when making these songs yeah. so when i'm just i just wake up make some beans on toast i'm a lizard you know it's sort of just there's no there's, i love there's... your reels you literally just have you in the kitchen like just making something dressed as a lizard <laughs> yeah exactly. does, it, does it come like you try and look for the songs from the heart but you're coming from the lizard really you're like i need yes. to make songs from that strong base my inner lizard yeah exactly yeah, it, yeah. find that space everything <laughs> it is it is it, it's interesting so I mean, Decca is one of the oldest labels. Isn't yeah. it? It's a very old label. Yeah, and it's famous kind of... for turning down the Beatles. Yes. Oh, They'll yes. never so, let that down. Unfortunately not. <laughs> Everyone has the, the different story. And uh, there's a few, well, there's many, uh, uh, many publishers that turned down uh, J.K. Rowling, although probably made to know they're happy or not at the moment yeah. about that. But uh, <laughs> maybe we won't go down that rabbit yeah. hole. But, you know, there's always those situations, right? But they are a very established and, yeah, I guess, older school um, 
label in that sense. Yes. So did you, were you intimidated when, kind of when it came to the point of signing with them? Was there kind of like, oh gosh, am I going to, does this mean now I have to go away from my kind of root grassroots of this? Yeah. Excuse the pun with all your songs. But um, <laughs> does that mean you have to go away from that? Or were you kind of confident actually these guys will kind of nurture and not change mm. me, I guess? I think I had, I think I had two sides fighting inside me because I, I think a massive thing that helped me through the kind of record label meeting and signing process because we met with quite a lot mm. of labels at the time because it tends to be so when someone's interested everyone else is interested yeah. so we kind of went through the kind of a and r smorgasbord yeah. of meetings mm. and mm. stuff and as artists and recruitment isn't it for us mere mortals yeah. or something isn't yeah. it arts and relations I was like, oh, gosh, yeah. I was is close. that right i was 50% right uh, I don't know I, I if I'm like, right no, anymore. I think you're probably right. But, <laughs> so essentially, you got to the point. So where did, and just before you talk about that, but how did it come about? Were you, were you truly scouted? Is that how it, how it all started? Yeah, so for me it was From socials, TikTok. was it? From yeah. the TikToks, yeah. And, and yeah, I guess Instagram as well. But yeah, basically socials because I, I took to social media through lockdown because I'd left uni, I'd had six months of gigging mm. and kind of trying to commit to music and yeah. then the world shut down. So you and thought I'd go online? Yeah, exactly. And it was something that I'd always wanted to do more of anyway, but just because there was always so much other stuff happening, I never got to kind of one track commit. Mm. Um, and I think when you put a lot of time and energy into one thing, you do eventually reap the rewards of that. Mm. And plus luck, I mean, it is still whether the algorithm hits the right yeah. people and all that nonsense. Do you, um, I do kind of wonder, and I've had a few um, artists now that kind of come on the podcast and been talking about this, and I, I just find it really interesting. I wonder, do you think the power is moving more into musicians' hands? Because effectively, if you can prove your concept or you can ge generate a following, you come at it with such a stronger space. I mean, I guess similarly, I guess for my platform, you know, I, I'm... Obviously, what I'm passionate about is mental health and advocacy. Mm. And so if I you know, wanted to write a book and I've written books about mental health, it, it, it means I can reach, I can already reach people with that content, you know. And I guess similarly, you go into discussion, you're not kind of here like, let's post on Spotify, see what happens or yeah. chuck it on the radio. You are actually going, well, actually, I've got a million followers. I've got, you know, mm. you have a kind of proven concept. Do you think that brings more power into your hands? Definitely. In a non-egotistical way. I just yeah. mean, you know, do you think that it does help artists in that sense? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think pre-social media, you would take to the streets or tell people uh, try and get a show busking or, and stuff like that and, yeah, yeah or putting up posters around the town or you know and and essentially social media is like the biggest billboard on every street mm. in the world yeah. you know and so you do get to reach people in a way that you'd have to pay for mm. before um and also i think that technology being more accessible now makes music making puts it in the hands of people mm. with a much smaller budget than going That's to interesting. a kind of doing literally like it is you can have a mic you can have an edit, yeah. editing software you can... exactly whereas before you'd have to go into a studio pay a studio with like an eight track tape recorder you yeah. know it's so different yeah. now where it's like you can literally sing into your phone and you've made music well it's, it's you know um over the last couple of years, I guess like five years-ish since I've been kind of on making content, initially we were using like mics to create video content and we do shoot stuff like for this clips on this podcast, mm. we shoot on a camera, but to be honest, like the latest iPhone, for example, the yeah. microphone between that and the one I was originally using a couple of years ago, this, it's negligible, the difference. You could genuinely 
if there isn't a load of wind, you could genuinely record the sound just straight onto an iPhone and it wouldn't, you wouldn't be upset with it. It's amazing, honestly. So it's, I think there is so much more power in artists' hands and I'm glad I did as much of my career as I did hmm. solo. So it was just me and my manager for two years before I signed. So this and is kind of 2019, 2020 time, yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah, from 2019 to 2021. And I was making all the music myself. I was making the artwork, doing all my socials, sorting out my shows. And it meant that I had such a good foundation for then expanding my team. Mm. It meant that I knew what I needed from people mm. and you can't, it's much harder I think to bring people on that are not serving you yeah. because you know what you I, I, I actually need. talk about this a lot in terms of that and people go, you know, it's not about whether you're in this industry but I think generally in life if you can have an understanding, if you're going to do anything in any field, like for example I know you want to be a builder, it's always helpful even if you're a carpenter to have an understanding of what an electrician does, of what, not saying oh I can do everything, look at me, I can do everything, that's not yeah. the case, but having that understanding really helps you because mm -hmm. you know, A, you have a respect for what goes into that discipline, but also you have some idea of how it all comes together and I, I find that similar, just the same, I mentioned it the other day on another episode, but it's kind of like, you know, when I'm recording or filming, me learning a little bit about lighting, learning a little bit about sound, a little bit about editing, it just helps me have an appreciation of it. And it just helps you when you're trying to create anything, doesn't it? Or do anything, yeah. just to understand a little bit. Well, it's the whole thing of like no man's an island, right? Mm. And and everything is, is multidisciplinary mm. in some way. Like I have to shoot video and podcasts yeah. and all kinds of different things that I don't necessarily have full professional training in, yeah. but because I know about sound, I know about video, mm. I've been shooting my own music videos and TikToks for years. Yeah. So when it comes to like professional music video shoots, I can hold my own yeah, sure. and give, sure, sure. give my thoughts. And I think, yeah, just having a bit of experience across the board there's, really helps. There's, there's two ways through, isn't it? Because I think the, the, the social media platforms have helped in some ways because of the amplification and building of your audience. Mm. But are you also a little bit nervous, so it's slightly leading thing, but do you also lose privacy? People can kind of, you've got to be really switched on a lot of the time. I think probably in the past, they talk about like footballers used to get away with so much, and perhaps they do now. <laughs> and similarly with anyone that's got a presence, you just, there's a camera everywhere, isn't there? Yeah. Does yeah. that worry you? Like if you, for example, if you're at a gig and you know, you never know what happens. Someone could be really rude to you and they catch a second and you being like, oh, leave me alone or go away or whatever. Oh, and gosh, that's the clip yeah. that they cut. It's on TikTok, bam, off it goes. Yeah. And they're like, this girl, oh, how dare, this lizard really is a lizard. It's horrible. <laughs> what a horrible lizard. What a horrible lizard. <laughs> Does that scare yeah. you at all? Oh, yeah. I think every single artist friend I have, actually not even artist, like every friend I have, there is this sort of fear of saying the wrong thing once mm. and that's you done. Yeah. sort of thing and I think that's a, a bit of a culture that we've made in, in that everything moves so quickly now everything is so extreme mm. and especially social media has almost like sped everything up mm. so someone's career can end in a day but then it's back after a few weeks because we've moved on to the next thing mm. and I think we there is so much extremes and I think that's what I can find stressful about social yeah. media is the speed and the extremities and it is a weird place to have it's not it's not the be all and end all of your career but it's a weird place to have a lot of your career sitting it's a lot of risk i i i think and i asked that question because on the way to this i looked at the bbc news app and i could see 
a, um, a, a famous old film that's being they're trying to cancel it now because it wasn't doesn't fit the times and then there's there's a very very famous children's author who they're trying to like rewrite the stuff oh, and well cancel right? and so on yeah and and, uh, and i just kind of like I mean, i'm not interested in getting the specifics because i don't know the specifics on why that is i'm just mm. picking out examples and it just shows i guess that things you might write something in the present moment that you genuinely believe to be right and true and fair and you know in in the times as it were and then it becomes dated so quickly and people look back and go well actually what your opinion was back then or this you know it's kind of like i guess i said that you know when i was going on love island i was training i was getting into inverted commas shape i wouldn't describe that as shape anymore yeah. i think it's a state of being whatever but i was really trying to look a certain way i wouldn't do that now but am i going to go back and chastise myself at 27, 26, 27 years old, because I thought that's what I needed to do when I've learned now. And I, I just, I find that music, because you are in the same way as books, actually, like what I've written in, you know, the Mind Manual or Better Day or Live Well Every Day, you write these things and you do wonder in years to come, what if a new bit of research comes out or something comes out and says yeah. this or that, the other? Like, does it, do you think about that or do you just kind of just do not write it and it will be what it is? <laughs> Depends on my mood. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm particularly anxious that day, for sure I'm panicking. <laughs> but I think, I just don't think we embrace change enough. Mm. Mm. I think we do and we don't because I think things change super quick at the minute. But I, I think we hold everything in such a permanent state mm. all the time. And I think especially culturally we have such a big thing about standing your ground and staying true to your beliefs rather than changing based on new information which we get all the time and yeah I, I think we can hold people accountable still when people are objectively not doing kind things mm. but I do think that I believe I believe deeply people are allowed to make mistakes yeah. they're also allowed to make decisions in the context of time that they culturally felt was appropriate at that time and we were allowed also as a human uh, society as a, as a society itself to develop change and look back and go we may not actually agree that that was that is right in the current times but we've learned from that now and I think that's the careful boundaries because otherwise my fear is is that if you look at creative industries if you look at books if you look at uh, music if you look at anything that involves coming up with new ideas you are running the risk of stifling new ideas and creativity by having these creative boundaries because the whole point of creativity is that you take a jumble of stuff out there and you make something new often yeah. I, I do think most things are adaptations from previous ideas or you bring <laughs> yeah. one thing from something else but if you're so afraid of writing about something or I don't know expressing something because you think you're going to get cancelled tomorrow on TikTok then you're just going to have the same we're going to have the same sounds and same noises the same conversations and ideas over and over again. I think that's where that balance, the risk of balance is, isn't it? I think we have to hold kindness at the center of yeah. what we do. And True. I think as long as there is consciousness and heart, I yeah. think that's really, mm. it, it's intention at the end Indeed. of the day. But Indeed. I really love, there's, there was a, a David Bowie interview um, where he was basically saying, if you try and please everyone, you aren't making art anymore. And he sort of said, if you're onto something good, people are going to be angry. Yeah. And, and I think that's obviously to be taken in the right way. Yes. Just don't like piss people off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but hold um, the, the point you said about kindness, hold that center point and then you're away. Oh, I think that brilliantly takes us to the end of uh, part one. I've really enjoyed this uh, first part, Ellie. It's been really, really nice. I know we're going to dive into so much more. Um, I want to hear about what you describe as your bonkers ideas. <laughs> we talk about breaking on the scene. And also, yeah. how do you stay mentally fit on the road? See you guys soon. I hope you enjoyed part one. I know that you enjoyed part two. See you very soon.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 